Uh, it's like a, it, his potential is extraordinary. And to give you an idea, for his age, he's the second fastest in the world at the moment. So, um, yeah, I, I think he's still very raw. So we think he can be sub 10, 10, possibly sub 10 seconds, um, you know, over the next few years. Once he goes under that 10 second barrier, where does that place him, Scott, as far as sprinters worldwide are concerned? I, it means you're capable of making a final at a, something like the Olympics or a World Championships um, and, you know, some potential to medal at one of those events. Like, for him at his age and given he's still relatively new to athletics, um, yeah, he, he could be an absolute superstar. Yep. At what age would a sprinter typically peak? Um. 25, 26, most male events that involve power, you're at your peak between about 26 and 35. Right, so he's 17. So, as you say, I mean, the, if he's if he's running this now, his potential is, well, it's frightening, isn't it? Could He he could medal at, a, at an Olympic Games in, in sprinting for New Zealand. I think that's possible. Um, I've learned over time that you've just got to be patient and wait how things see, uh, you know, unfold. Um, and there's some technical things with his start and everything that he's still working on and uh, take a couple of years to really master. Um, I think he's going to be very good over 200. Um, his top-end speed is quite amazing, yeah. How long have you been aware of him, Scott? Uh, for a fair while, um, because one of his... Father's former coaches has been talking about him for about three or four years to us. And he's been playing rugby and doing other sports, so you've just got to be patient and see how things unfold. But probably pretty seriously for about six months. What is the situation with him running for New Zealand? And I see there there might be a bit of a tug-of-war going on with Australia trying to convince uh, Edwin Nakisha to run for them instead of New Zealand. What's the What's the situation there? Yeah, well, he's born in Auckland and has a, a New Zealand passport. The family moved to Australia. They're living in Canberra about nine or ten years ago now with just for work purposes. And uh, Edward now goes to college back in Wellington at Scots College. So um, we, we pretty much consider him to be with what goes on between Australia and New Zealand. We, we'd be thinking that normally he sits as um, you know, our, our our guy that we can select for New Zealand team. So we've actually selected him for Oceania Championships in at the end of June. But um, he is also eligible to apply for an Australian passport. And if he did that, then um, I suppose the Australians are keen to have him. Like he'd be fantastic in their relay program. And when we don't have the depth to offer a relay program. How big a carrot is that, or would it be for him the, the chance to not only run in 100, 200 metres, but to run in relays as well? I think the chat is more to his dad about this, but um, they, they see that as a good backup, and it is attractive to them. But, um, uh, you know, they, they want him to explore the opportunity to be a, an individual 100, 200 metre runner, and, and having the relay as a backup is almost a bit secondary for them. Uh, and I suppose the other thing that's playing out in the background is he's pretty good at rugby as well. So um, they're, they're keen for this year to sort of 
keep both those sort of pathways open, rugby and athletics. What's the situation around running for one country and then running for another? If, for example, he ran and represented New Zealand at the Oceania Champs, does that lock him in to represent New Zealand forever or not? Yeah, under the IAAF rules, which are getting stricter about change of allegiance because a lot of uh, like athletes in different countries that might be strong in an event, like the Kenyans in distance running, um, get offered to go and compete in for other countries, and they've clamped down on that. So he wouldn't be able to... If he competed for us at Oceana, he would have to... Uh, he wouldn't be available to compete for another country. He could make a, a, a reapplication to change allegiance uh, once he turned 20. Would he possibly be a prospect for Tokyo 2020? Yeah. Yeah, we, he... With our, our policy for Doha World Championships, in October this year, um, he meets the first part of our criteria. If he wins Oceania Championships in June, we would uh, we would most likely select him to go to World Champs if he wants to go. So um, that's the level he's at already that he's you know in consideration for World Championships and Olympic selection. You talk about the rugby as well, and, and obviously being a, being a New Zealander, I think every New Zealander at some point uh, grows up wanting to play rugby for their country. Uh, do you do you get involved in that conversation, Scott? Do you show him the pathway that might exist for him if, in fact, he chooses track and field instead? Uh, with his father's background, so the family are very close together, and he's only 17, so you've got to talk to the family and Edward together. Um, but... Yeah, with Gus's background, he's been an Olympian and Commonwealth Games representative. So they're, they're pretty familiar with the pathway for athletics. And just on a, on a wider uh, scenario basis, as far as um, I talked about Tokyo 2020, what are we, uh, we're still um, quite a way out from that, I know. But uh, track and field-wise and athletics-wise, Scott, how, how do you feel uh, we're placed heading into uh, the Olympics next year? Well, we had a, some really good results on the weekend. So we're very happy. Um, one of our young male pole holders, James Stein, uh, had a 30-centimetre PB and got 5.50, which sort of puts him... He's only 20. Uh, Zoe Hobbs is only 20. She won the 200 and was second in the 100. So uh, New Zealand pretty much took out the main sprint races over the weekend. And then we had lots of other good results. Some of our para-athletes, Holly Robinson and Lisa Adams, broke the para-world record for their disability. Um, but Portia Bing did an automatic qualifier for world champs. Tom threw up near 22 metres, Tom Walsh. So, um, yeah, we're in very good shape for our program overall. So we hope to pick quite a big team to go to Doha this year when's the your, next few weeks. Yeah, when's your deadline for that? When do you have to select a team for that? We'll do our selections by 15th of April. They're our first announcement selections. And um, we're, we're, the policy, we can conditionally nominate or conditionally select some athletes as well as the ones that do automatic qualifiers. <clears throat> and then it just depends. They have to be high enough ranked for us to enter them so that the field's sizes are restricted so it goes off world rankings. But, um, yeah, so... And then our final selections will be done. Um, you know, we can add athletes to it as we go through till, till September. And just finally, back to uh, to Edward Nakisha. When will you know whether he's uh, accepted the invitation uh, that you you know you've selected him, obviously for the Oceania Champs? When will you know uh, that he is, I guess, 
given his allegiance to New Zealand? I think the family will make a decision in the next week or two. Um, we don't want to put pressure on them. Um, I'm sure Athletics Australia will keep talking to them as well. Um, but we have spoken to the family and just said, look, um, understand it's a family decision. And, I, I, you know, I'm hoping we will hear this week, but it might be another week. All right, Scott. Great to have you on the show this morning. Thanks for taking the time to join us. Uh, and uh, let's hope it's positive news in the uh, in the weeks or uh, weeks ahead about uh, about Edwin Nikisha and that he's uh, he's running in a black singlet for many years to come. I hope so too. Thanks, Jason.